0: Welcome to the Life Well Done Podcast. Optimizing physical, mental, and emotional being. Challenge plus change equals growth. And we're back. Uh, Welcome back to Life Well Done Podcast. Optimizing physical, mental, and emotional being. Challenge plus change equals growth. Uh, A little bit different situation here today. Um, I'm actually, I'm knocking tables over and stuff already. I'm actually back home in Michigan enjoying Cinco de Mayo or single day derby as we were coining it this weekend in Grand Rapids with all my buddies which was a ton of fun um, but I'm actually really excited about this episode uh, I'm here with a, a really good buddy of mine, Rudy um, he's from Zen Teachings uh, you can find them on zen dot, uh, zenteachings.com or on Instagram at teachings. I'll let him go into more of that in a second here but um, Rudy is uh, currently a lawyer, he's been a lawyer for several years uh, um nine years nine, nine years, years as a lawyer he's uh, he loves it you know, I, yeah. I can tell he, he talks about it with great passion uh but also one of his passions outside of work is is definitely uh working at the dojo uh, he's been teaching classes he's been involved at the dojo for 24 years i think you told me um teaching martial arts i know you work with uh age groups that range from all over the place is that correct
1: yeah we have um our youngest kids we take at six to eight and then we have the largest adult program in the country, actually. Wow. Um, and so we have students that are into their 70s. Wow, so that's awesome. That's 20s, awesome. 30s, everybody.
0: And I know that's a, that's a huge aspect of your life and, and your philosophy in life and all these things. So uh, without further ado, which is the other voice you hear on there, uh, <laughs> unfortunately the scheduling with uh, Nate being on, we couldn't get it going, but I do believe that this will be a, a continuing uh, experience for all of us. So at some point we'll have all three of us on here and, and it'll be good to meet each other. But without further ado, Uh, Rudy, um, is here with me. I'm grateful to have you here, man. Well,
1: I'm grateful to be here, man. I appreciate you taking the time to come by (laughs) and all that. Um,
0: Super excited about this.
1: Yeah, me too. We've talked about this for a while. We have. We have. And I think it'd be, we we go back a long time even and just working out outside of podcasting things like that. And we share a lot of similar philosophical views, I think. Absolutely. We've had some really good conversations, and I think this is you know a good chance to kind of get together.
0: I think that one of the funny things about when Nate and I started the podcast, is, and we mentioned this before, is that how many episodes could we have had we just had a microphone sitting in front of us or we're late, at, late night in the kitchen making food or doing whatever, and it's just like we get on these philosophical talks about yeah. life, and it's always one of us. One or the other is like, oh, fuck this and fuck that, and then the other one's like, yeah, but what if you think about it this way yeah and then just and i feel like that's kind of how our oh. our friendship really blossomed it was just a very random day in the gym one day and i was like you going home like no and i have the keys so i was like stay as long as you want and then it just kind of flourished yeah. from there i and, mean failed snatches or cleans <laughs> right. and, and like and how getting out of the bottom of a squad is
1: like fighting life you know right <laughs> yeah then two hours later
0: just both of us clearly looking to talk about it and, right. and i think that uh right. those souls are generally brought together pretty easily and. Um, so yeah, man, I'm, I'm very excited about this. No, I am too, um, man, very much. So today, I know that you are uh, obviously in, in kind of a collaboration with what you do outside of being a lawyer. Um, I wanted to talk, I've wanted i been wanting to talk about time for a long time. Um, I read a book called The Power of Now, which I feel is uh, really a life changer. Uh, I've read it a couple of times now, and every time I read it's a book that you read and you never get the same thing out of it, uh, which is phenomenal. It's by Eckhart Tolle. I think I'm saying it right. I don't... Who the hell knows? But he's uh, he's one of those enlightened gurus, um, just very conscious and and preaches the present moment and like how that just kind of fixes life. That is life, I guess is probably what be the best way to explain it. it is, it's all life
1: is is the present moment. I mean, and, anything else is a memory or an anticipation.
0: And so I think that's uh, I think there's no better opportunity to talk about time in general. And when I generally bring this up to people, they're like, "What what the hell, you, time?" And the way that that book, The Power Now, kind of explains it is there's clock time, whereas like, you know, you and I are meeting here, I told you I'd be here at 8.30, and of course I was here at like four o'clock in the morning instead, late <laughs> per usual. Um, but that's that's clock time, we're setting right. meetings so that humans can kind of function um, from day-to-day task. But psychological time is very, very different. Uh, you know, the, what's the old saying, if you're anxious you're thinking about the future if you're depressed you're living in the past right Uh, but the the gift of life is truly in the present moment and i think that you more than anybody certainly more than i can can speak to that and how do we create it how do we find it what is it and then your methods about going about it
1: well i mean we we certainly work towards it right i mean i think that to live in the moment is the ultimate goal of any person and to really to be present and to really embrace experiences I mean, how many times do we think back if it's something silly like oh I really liked my college years and that was so great. I wish I had appreciated it at the time I wish you know, I would miss that when when these times are gone or we live in a way in which we say when I get this degree I'll be great when I get this wife I'll be great when I get finding fulfillment right, in something rather than something yourself. else, you know, and we're, we're never really appreciative of the moment Um, I am an attorney, but what I really love, my passion is martial arts. I stumbled into the dojo, ironically, because of a movie. Um, I saw Mortal Kombat (laughs) when I was 14 years old and, uh, just wanted to do Kung Fu. And so it was back in the days before internet, before anything We had the yellow pages and the dojo actually had an ad out that said the secrets of the Shaolin monks or something like that. (laughs) And Liu Kang was a Shaolin monk, so I was like, oh, that's where I'm going. And I just hit the, uh, the geographical jackpot, and I haven't left. You know? And, and we, we teach meditation as the foundation of any true martial art. You know, um, I believe, as you know, I'm a competitive person. I like the idea of fighting, you know, but that's not martial arts. That's, right. that's an aspect. To be a martial artist, you have to really focus disciplining the mind. Um, We use martial arts as a tool, in fact, to strengthen the mind, body, and spirit for the battle within. And you use the functions of the punching, kicking, the grappling, the getting hit, to allow yourself an opportunity to test yourself and um, learn to be who you wanna be in that moment despite what's going on. We certainly don't hope that you go out and live in a way that you get attacked all the time. And if you take that and you go do a sport, you do a fight, you get in a cage, that's great. But that's not necessarily what martial arts is. Was it?
0: Was it you that I feel like we've talked about this before? I'm sure at some point we have. But I think it was you that said that we don't we don't learn those things to have to use them. But the knowledge of knowing that if we found ourselves in the situation, we'd be able to execute them to survive. Essentially, it's more of having the tools to be able to use them, but we don't go looking to use them in terms of like I'm not going out in the street to rob somebody and using my tools to take advantage at some right,
1: point right all right i mean i don't i mean i certainly would agree with that if i didn't say it before yeah. i mean i don't um i don't, talk I, I don't martial arts actually a lot of people yeah, say. I don't, <laughs> probably me um if i if i don't i'll put it this way if i practice for 20 years i never get into a fight again i don't think that the practice is a waste right, right? i mean so you take a I hope people that take a CPL class and learn how to carry a gun aren't looking to go shoot people. You know, I mean, (laughs) you you would be able to do it, but that doesn't mean that, you know, you're looking for trouble. Um, So there's that. There is some security in the idea of knowing that if something came up, I'm more than likely going to be able to handle myself and protect myself and my family. But self-defense is just one aspect of it. I think that we get stuck there a lot. People look, especially in this world where we see UFC or we see, you know, that kind of thing and we think it's just bloody and banging and this and that. Self-defense is great, but really what you're practicing for is to learn. It is self-defense, but you're defending yourself from yourself almost, from all these anxieties, these stresses in the world, everything else, learning
0: to truly be
1: who you want to be and be that person.
0: Fascinating. Uh, you're talking about this right now, and I'm, I'm starting to kind of have flashbacks to I don't remember what your injury was, but you—you're currently a black belt, yes?
1: Yes. Okay. I
0: am. And so I remember this is okay. Now I'm having this memory jog. Um, I feel like we had just not just become like good friends, but it, we were at a point in our friendship where I was starting to learn a lot more about like what you do as activity and starting to try and understand a little bit more. And I remember going through some issues in my personal life that, for whatever reason, thankfully. You kind of just took me on your wing as like my big brother and, and <laughs> rode me out with it. Um, but I remember being in the gym and it was a late, I feel like it was just a late night and you had the, the week of training for your black belt. If I'm not mistaken, it's like a full yeah, week our, long. Our, well,
1: the test is three years long um, in terms of disciplines. Okay. But the uh, there's an actual week of physical testing. Okay, yes.
0: so that must have been it. And I don't remember what the injury was. I remember, I, I don't know if it was tibia, whatever it was. You had something going on with a leg. Oh. You had just got, you had like gone if to spar or something like that. I went for a like box that. jump and I, oh,
1: I right. missed the box and I split <laughs> my shin like to the bone and then I had to spar the
0: next night. So I, that's right.
1: roundhouse kicks were limited and if anybody hit me in the shin, it was pretty bad.
0: So I remember that's when I kind of started getting that mindset of like, we had talked about meditation. It was when I was kind of starting to get involved in all these things and finding that present moment and. Um, you were really encouraging with it, but then you were like, I don't know how the hell I'm going to do this this week. Uh, but I stood, I sat in meditation for three hours and I was like, dude, I sit there for like what I feel th- is 30 seconds and it's only been like three seconds. And I'm like, motherfucker, how am I going to get through this? Well, you no, know,
1: honestly, that week when you bring up the three hours, because our, all of our testing involves an aspect of meditation. Um. To our earliest ranks are an hour, hour and a half, two hours, two and a half, three hours. If you told me the day I walk in, you know, and this, and really doing this this idea of podcasting is kind of the first time that how we test is out there. I mean, it's not something we talk about because if you come in to sign up and I tell you, okay, Brian, one day you're going to have to sit for three hours, you're going to say there's no way. You know I mean, I told Sifu, if you had told me when I was 14 that I would have to do a three-hour meditation, I'd say you might as well tell me to pick up a car. I mean, there, there's just <laughs> no way. You know, and people are hard on themselves, though. And, and you don't you don't go from nothing to three hours. I, I started with five minutes, you know. But, but it's consistency, sure. Yeah, you know, and, and keeping that up, and then you push to six minutes and seven minutes, and understanding that stilling the mind and really being present is the hardest thing you'll ever do.
0: So let's dig into that then. Uh, so when we're talking about being present, like I we were talking about before we, we press record here. Um, and hopefully this is coming across loud and clear for everybody. We're, we're new, a little bit different setup here today, so bear with so. us. If the quality is not great, we'll no, we'll figure this out. Nothing else we've got. Um, yeah. So uh, we were talking about this and just what present the present moment means and how do we get there? Because for me, my understanding, if I go on to Google and I I look up meditation. I feel like between that and the people I've talked to there's it's like anything else it's like a, I would compare it to like a, a, a row in working out like people are like well which way should I do it I don't know there's 87 million ways to do right. a row right so and that's kind of how I'm starting to get the feel for meditation and if it's a philosophical thing that makes more sense to me but I want to know more about where you're at because that seems to be more of like what I, I've heard of people kind of explain it like psychedelic drugs where it's like we go into this because we want to find a stressor. We want to be with that stressor, and it, it should be kind of profound. It should be kind of intense, and that way, when you come out of that, you you kind of come out of it with this feeling of like life is not difficult. Uh, you just you, you've dealt with maybe that issue or whatever it might be uh, that variable. But you look at the rest of your life as like, eh, I can handle anything at this point is that kind of what you're going for just kind of take it away well, I, like heard, what, I heard i heard a couple things in there about like what is meditation you know that that's
1: one thing and i've talked to you about that doing since i started the zen teaching site um i started that because my instructor sifu wanted me to open another physical school here and i didn't want to actually do that i mean as much as i love teaching i love teaching we have two locations uh one in Rochester that's been there for 11 years now and I taught there full-time to help that get going and I love it but I wasn't ready to kind of have those opposite hours and I, I said you know this has helped my life so much I think it would be better if we could get to the masses and, and share not necessarily I don't care if you do Taekwondo, if you do Jiu-Jitsu, if you do grappling, if you're an MMA but but the the, the meditative, the spiritual if you will aspects of our art I think anybody could benefit from sure. Whether or not you ever practice. So in getting out there, I've been exposed now to a lot of people that teach what they call meditation. And I really kind of think a lot of it is BS and people don't know what it is. And I think that the term meditation has become very popular. You know, people like to hashtag meditation, well, hashtag yoga, hashtag well, in the, mindfulness. The
0: pre pre show we had talked about it, it's like almost the the movement in yoga. Yeah. Whereas, like, there is a core yoga movement that go dates years. I don't know the number, but years, long time, that people would say, like, "Well, that's that's the actual meaning of it. This is a mind body connection." And that's kind of what I draw. Now you it's in just about how seconds. how
1: tight can your pants, be and How cool can <laughs> right? Be. But but there's a lot of things that are meditative, and let's let's be very clear. I'm not against meditative things. I think that sitting and listening to a running creek or a guided meditation is meditative. There's, there's two different types of meditation. There's active meditation, there's passive meditation. Passive meditation, I don't believe. I think it's a contradiction in terms because what it means is to say you're doing your affirmations or you're walking mindfully or you're doing this kind of thing and that's all really good and I'm not against it. But meditation, active meditation, is focusing on the breath, feeling the breath, letting the senses fall away. It doesn't mean that thoughts are not going to come into your mind, but when they do, you don't get caught up in those thoughts, certainly. I'm not sitting there, and while I'm sitting, I'm thinking about what I'm going to do at work tomorrow. I'm just feeling the breath, and that's it. So if somebody tells you you can meditate and you have an itch, go ahead and scratch it, well, then you've given in to the senses the idea and we, we kind of touched upon this when we we're talking is not if we're in this conversation right now we're looking eye to eye if somebody comes in if it's a good conversation you probably wouldn't notice them but it's not because we're actively ignoring them what we'd like you to do in meditation is be so focused on the breath that these senses do just drop away and so we we hear i i've seen a lot of people talking about meditation and they say oh and i like to meditate and think about positive things well that's thinking about positive things right. that's not meditation sure and i'm not against thinking about positive things but be careful in your labels you know um our meditation there is no movement you know so it's part of the test in that three hours if my head itches and i scratch it then i fail yeah you know, wow. and that's it i mean
0: and which is funny because i don't remember what day it was it was days ago whatever it was i was sitting at home and i was like man i have i have some potentially big decisions coming on my life and i was like i need to find a way to get still here and i was sitting there and i did have this itch and i was like no let it be let it be and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden i was like i i have got to itch just thing." so yeah and that was within like probably seconds of sitting down so i can only imagine like three hours like, well
1: oh i mean that and that's that's the idea though, but if if you're sitting there and trying to grit it out, you can maybe do five minutes, you can maybe do an hour if you have a tremendous will. But sure. you're not gonna do three hours if you're not meditating. Right. You know I mean there there's no way that you can you can just grit that out. Yeah. You're gonna get cramps, your body's gonna hurt, all kinda
0: of things. Um kinda lost my So Okay, I do have a question though. When you okay. when you're saying focus on the breath, what is the pattern of breathing there? Like when when what does it mean to focus on birth? Where do you go with it? Well, the proper way to sit is sit with your spine straight. Do you Doesn't use a uh, I use a cushion for okay. meditations up to an hour. Got to tell you that, so I was in Grand Rapids this weekend, and a friend, uh, she'll, she'll know exactly who, who she is uh, listening to this. She pulls out her, uh, I keep calling it a yoga pillow, meditation uh, pillow, or is it? I don't know, whatever. Yeah, Zafu cushion? Yeah, yeah cushion. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, what? I said, "With." I mean, as soon as I sat down, I was like, oh, hell yeah. This thing makes a huge difference.
1: It does because you get was, the, the hips a little bit higher than the knees. You yeah. So you sit cross-legged. Unmovable. But I can only do that for about an hour. Um, if I'm going to sit for a longer meditation, I sit in a straight back chair, to be honest. Um, the, okay. the, the important thing, from the coccyx to the medulla being straight. When I say focus on the breath. I don't. It does not mean control the breath. It doesn't mean it's not triangular breathing, where it's, you know, a certain seconds in, hold for certain seconds, certain seconds out. All I'm doing is this deep belly breathing. We call it the sekatanda, the the, uh, dantian, the the center of the body. You're breathing from your belly, not in the chest, and you're feeling the breath almost as if I was watching you breathe. Like I'm not trying to control it, but I'm intently focused on so feeling it in, feeling it go out eyes are slightly upturned towards the third eye um, not to the point that you're cross-eyed giving yourself a headache the reason we upturn the eyes is because no matter who you are on the planet when you sleep your eyes drop Sorry, uh, it's, it's it's, keeping so it's, you awake, it's keeping you slightly awake it's a it's a focal point if you will but people don't people get caught up in this idea and you're like trying to look at between your eyebrows that's not it it's just that when you sleep your your eyes drop if you're sitting, you're still. You're just breathing. You know, a lot of so people sleepitate.
0: So you're not. You're not changing breathing pattern. If the breathing pattern changes, you're just essentially spectating it. You're exactly. You're just that's
1: watching it. Exactly the word. Interesting. See, I guess
0: for me, I've always tried to control the breathing, and that's become incredibly frustrating to me.
1: Well, and that is well. I we recommend ten to twelve deep controlled breaths to start, and then I let go. So what I do is I will inhale. You got to oxygenate the body. I will. Get in my position and start breathing deeply um, 10 to 12 times. And then after that, after that last exhalation, I'm just watching. So there are times when I will inhale, exhale, and you might let it out. And it might be two seconds before you inhale. Or you might be rapidly breathing, whatever it is. I'm not getting caught up in... Normally, my breathing is this way because then I'm not in the moment. Then I'm thinking about the past meditation. I'm not getting caught up in... I'm breathing too slow. I'm breathing too fast. I'm just watching... Not judging, letting what happens happen.
0: Interesting. So when you you practice meditation pretty religiously. Um, yes. Would you say, is it daily? I don't know. What would you
1: say? I mean, I, I'm not particularly religious, but martial arts to me is a, it's so integral with meditation. But it's a lens through which I see the world. I mean, I don't, I do CrossFit too. I work out too. I'm a lawyer too, but I, I'm a martial artist doing that. Um, interesting it's it's literally to me the closest thing to if, if a religion is supposed to be a guide and a playbook for how to handle life right if we know
0: we read the bible there's the all right so slight technical difficulty there but we'll backtrack here a little bit we're um we're going back to the religious talk of not religion in general but uh how you practice is it religious religiously practiced? you're talking about how Martial arts is kind of the foundation of your life, essentially, or how you view the you know, life in itself. Um, but Yeah, I guess like, how do you use your meditation? How do you use martial arts? How do they come together? Um, what is that harmony?
1: Well, I, to me, all the things that we, we kind of, we've talked about that we do, we have hobbies and, you know, and I, what I was saying is that I view the world through the lens of martial arts through the lens of am I being really who I want to be, when I want to be that person, despite what's going on around me. Um, we were discussing how if we accept the premise that the the Bible, the Quran, whatever, is supposed to be a playbook for life if you're a believer of that religion, then it would give you a certain set of rules, right? Um, for me, I think responding well would be my rule. So I'm not I don't I think you know you treat people right, you treat people how you want to be treated. But at the same time, if you wanna if if I get into an argument, get into a physical danger kind of situation, have to hit somebody, then fine, do that. But understand that I'm choosing to do it as opposed to just reacting. You know, like I, I one of the things I can't stand in life is people that say, Oh, you made me do it. You know, or or oh, I, I hit you. Look what you made me do. Or you're really mean to your boyfriend or your girlfriend. I can't help it, you know, Brian, because you were such an asshole. You know, like no, you have the you can't help if I smack you in the face right now. What you can help is your response. Okay. And what meditation, why I think it's so important that everybody get in there and get in that practice, is because how much better would the world be if you took that extra breath and paused. You know and and could actually choose your response and if it may be if i were to throw a cup of water in your face right now the proper response may be to punch me in the face <laughs> but not to do it as a reaction so
0: you're talking about being intentional with intentional absolutely with with i guess how you live with your life yeah absolutely interesting so like one of the things i've always struggled with is, a lot of people will say this with meditation i go to meditate to find clarity so there's tough times in your life or, you you know, in my case right now, I'm coming up on a potentially a big decision in my life. to changes the direction of it and all these things. And we all know life as long, as short as life is. Life is very long. So you're kind of just going to be bouncing around no matter what. Um, do you go to, into meditation as a means to, obviously we do it as consistency so that you feel like you are I don't, I, I refuse to use the word control here, but so that you can feel confident in any situation that you're going to respond proper properly or intentionally, I guess is probably the word we want to use here. Um, but do you ever go there for the clarity of like making decisions of dealing with things that have come up in stressful times in your life? Maybe it's work, maybe it's relationship, maybe it's, you know, working out. You just can't hit the snatch PR. I don't know. It's something goofy like that. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: I think that people a lot of times will say, and it's an improper use of the word, just having to meditate about this problem or whatever it is. To me, meditation, life is, is rough. And I mean, the Buddha said life is suffering. I mean, there's always going to be something. You know, your dog is going to die. Uh, your girlfriend's going to break up with you. Your wife will leave you. Life, something. life
0: is the gift that keeps on giving. Right. I mean, <laughs> it's
1: going to happen. So to say that you're just this monk and nothing affects you, that's a lie. But if you don't know what your baseline is, then you're going to get thrown around way more than when those waves do come, right? I mean, so what meditation does is allows me to know how I should feel, and then when you know uh, something happens at work and I start feeling angry, I can I'm more able to recognize when I'm off of that center. So it's not so much that you go into it to it's not going to bulletproof your life. I mean, so things are still going to happen, but you're going to be able to recognize earlier and quicker if you're responding how you want to, or if you're being thrown about like a ship without a rudder.
0: You're off center. Right. It's interesting. I think that's something that, you know, uh, I clearly have never found baseline or haven't acknowledged that I found baseline because I know that a lot of times when I get into a meditation, uh, number one I don't think I've, I just don't know how to meditate very well uh, even when following some of the guided meditation stuff and I've had better results here and there and with certain things but uh, trying to understand this better as a way of allowing myself to develop the practice and everything um, that's it's very interesting that you're saying find that baseline how was there a time where you finally recognized the baseline was it is it something you still struggle to find from time to time I think it's something that we're all struggling to find. I think that's why we always use the term,
1: I practice meditation, I practice martial arts. Certain jobs, lawyers practice law, doctors practice medicine, which indicates that you can't ever really complete it. You know, the idea of I've done this, now I'm done, it's not the same as getting just a certification or just one good, you know, it's not one good meditation lasts you your entire life you're constantly, that would be sweet. yeah, it would be awesome. <laughs> I would love that. But, you know, but you're evolving and you're, you're struggling. And, you know, and there's a story that a, a monk who practiced for probably 50 years, you know, he was, he was talking to somebody who was new and, um, they said, you oh, know, now I can meditate master for three, four hours and I'm just focused on the breath. How long can you go? And he goes on a really good day. I can get through almost one inhalation, one exhalation without my mind wandering. And this is a man who's been doing it 50, 60 years, you know? So think about what it is, is what is your attention to detail? You know, I mean, there, there's times in my meditation where I felt after five years, I was backsliding and it's like, God, I used to be so good. Now I can't stop thinking about stuff. Well, that's not true. now I'm just more aware that I'm thinking about more. It's an idea of not knowing what you don't even, what you don't know. And so you may think you're being still, and that's good. But when you get better, you'll realize how not still you are. And then you're going to have to get stiller from there. So it's endless. It's endless. An Absolutely. <clears throat> it's so you're endless. always
0: going to be kind of digging, and there's no real end in sight. And, um...
1: No, same with Black Sash. It's, uh, the literal transition for a Black Sash translation would be, you're no longer a guest on the mats. It doesn't mean you've completed your martial. I mean, I, I see these nine-year-old black belts, you know, and it's like you got it in three, Nine-year-old black belts? Not in our school, but you'll look them up. I mean, you'll see people, oh, what? little Timmy is a black belt in Taekwondo. That's craziness. I mean, it takes a lifetime. I was the eighth black sash in over 11,000 students, and it took me 20 years. You know, and so the idea wow. of being able to, we've only had eight, and we've had 11,000 plus students. So the idea of doing something quickly, you know, it's just it's just garbage to me. Which again goes back to I think I was so fortunate that I opened to that page in the yellow page.
0: Okay, so this is, might be a terrific segue to bring in the idea of what you do with kind of the topic at hand here between that clock time and psychological time, and you I don't remember how you just said it, but you said like it takes time. And so for a lot of people and specifically Western society, we're on this for whatever reason, thirty is this barrier in our lives. We're like, well, at thirty you should have your career figured out, you should have be married, you should be having kids, like all these things. Like this is your this is your coming out party essentially. Thirtieth birthday, it's time to get after it. Yeah. But the reality is, and this is kind of where I come from, like maybe it's just me because I don't have those things figured out and quite frankly, marriage and kids are sounds fun. Not really on my radar right now. Right, right, right. Uh, you know, like there's just things that I'm, I'm too selfish for those things right now. I'd like, be a great idea, but uh, why why do we have this timeline? Like, why is 30 this magic number? But then how do we start to change that mindset? Because I know that even though I have that perspective, I still struggle. with. It. I just had that conversation with a friend today about like, oh, graduating with your bachelor's at 30 versus 21. And then going on to more schooling and this and that and you're like but look at all the experiences you had from 18 until 30. right look at all these other things like you're you are different than just going through the education system and i know that i struggle mightily with this whole time thing of like well if i don't have this by this like no one's gonna love me And i think that's a lot i think honestly that's my opinion it comes a lot of the fear of not being loved by not having these things but allowing that external environment to really drive this and you're talking about a black belt, earning your black belt took you an all encompassing 20 years. And it's something that you will continue to have to practice. I don't know how the rules really work, whether you lose it, but like I would imagine that you have to continue to practice so you don't lose the skill set right. that you've developed over 20 fucking years. I don't,
1: I don't think it'd be possible. If, I could stop going to the dojo, but I don't think it'd be possible for me to stop practicing martial arts because, as I said, it's something that is just, it infects everything. It is who you yeah. are. But this idea of this timeline, right? Um, everybody's path to self-discovery, to being self-actualized, to being who you're supposed to be. Oh, this is good. I love this. Is, is, is different. And and a quote that I, as you know, on, my, on the Instagram page, I put up quotes. And one of them was um, just something about the fact that the path is different for everybody because it's within. I mean, I can't show you what I did. You've got to go within. It's a place nobody else has ever been. And it's a place nobody else can go for you. And you've got to do the work. But you hit the nail on the head with our society and this idea of impatience. And we want it right now. I mean, we, you know, Sifu always used to joke about when I was when I was a kid that we put peanut butter and jelly in the same jar. I mean, we want everything right now, faster, <laughs> better, everything, you know. Um, and we have to be patient. You have to have the process. And one of the things... Anybody who knows me personally knows I'm not a huge social media fan, um, which is this, is
0: this is where you and I are very similar. And I know that we've had this conversation of like how much we struggle to post shit on social media, yeah. and the people closest to me, like I will I will text them and be like, "Dude, I no, I man. just recorded something. And I don't know if I can post it because I feel, I don't feel confident with it. But well, also, I just I don't
1: but we have this want idea that com- comparing ourselves. And so you have somebody, let's say you're 30. And everybody else, you know, posts these pictures of their graduation and you're sitting here at your on your mom's couch, you know, but it could be because you're going for a higher degree or something, else, whatever it is. But, but you're you're constantly comparing. You're never looking inward. We're all addicted to our phones. You know, we'll sit there. We go to dinner. We don't we don't talk to each other. We're staring into our palms. We're not in the moment at all. The last place we're looking is inward. We're so concerned with what everybody else is doing, you know, and I, and I think that that's one of the perils. And I think that it's great to have that connection, to, to stay in touch with family, you know, that kind of thing. I think there's a ton of great stuff technology does.
0: Well, and, and it's like, that's where the world's going. So you might as well be using it right. instead of entirely trying to resist it. But that's where that self-discipline and behavioral changes really come into context. The psychology of your mindset, like. You know, I don't have enough time in the day to do this. You're like, yeah, but I bet if we tracked it, you're spending probably an hour and a half total time on that phone, if not more. You know, stuff like that. And where It you're makes like,
1: you harder on yourself. You can feel like you're a complete failure because I posted a really pretty picture. Now, you may not know that the other 23 and a half hours of that day were god awful. For me. Right. You know, all you saw is that picture. But you extrapolate. It's not even my picture. <laughs> you extrapolate from that, that, oh, Rudy's living this great life and my life is shit. You know, and 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 then you feel bad about yourself, and 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 it's in that I think, you know, I'm not a psychologist, but I think that's why a lot of people have depression, have anxiety. Not that these aren't chemically based, uh, real things, but I think it's it's it's
0: a one variable of the one variable. Of the disease, the and issues that, that are that at it, hand. It
1: amplifies it. If you're an alcoholic, you probably shouldn't hang out in bars,
0: right? You know, I mean, and so why if increase you're, you're, the opportunity? If for you're it?
1: feeling less than, so to speak, I would suggest probably spending less time. Staring at what everybody else is doing, and keep in mind that for every good-looking selfie, they took a thousand. Yeah, I mean, like whatever. I mean, so it's not even real for them. But you're taking it as if it's the. It's, that's it. And I'm not as good as that person. Look at his abs, or look at right. how many friends they have. They're out, and I'm home on a Friday night. You don't know what's going on. You know, it's it's, it's on you.
0: It's funny too because for whatever reason, we've created thirty as that barrier, and uh, you know, being twenty-eight, like I. I haven't amounted to much as far as, like, how society would view me, like, the career, the financial, like, all these things. But uh, things that I do know, I've had experiences in my life that I damn, I definitely do not wish on anybody. I mean, if
1: I can, I'm not trying to take over. If I can interrupt, I think you've amounted to a hell of a lot. Well, I appreciate it. I mean, I mean I, you're one of my most that. valued <laughs> friends, you know, who I... Would actually turn to and ask for advice, and would seek counsel from, and I would value your opinion. So- well,
0: I appreciate it, and that's one of the things that I've had to work very hard on. And uh, I think that in the last eight months living in Colorado was—I keep explaining it as the one of the greatest years of my life, but definitely not. It was. It's definitely been one of the most challenging years of my life. And you're talking to somebody that, as we've mentioned before, if you're just tuning in for the first time ever here. In one of the first episodes, second episode, actually, Nate and I both talked about our mental health struggles, and one of mine was suicide. I definitely did try to eliminate myself from the world and from the planet, uh, in whatever sense you want to go with it. And so, like, yeah, maybe I haven't financially, I don't have a house, I'm not married with kids, like, but I definitely know that I have found a lot about myself that I can offer the world. And this, you know, this is why you and I are sitting here right now. This is why Nate and I started these things. Is to express concern for our world, to help people, let them know we're here because of our experiences. Like I, I struggled mightily when this podcast stuff started because it was like, am I doing this for the right reasons? It's never going to be super altruistic. It's never going to be entirely that way. You have to do things. You have to find a way to survive, right? right? Like you can love your job, but at the end of the day, what do you need from your job? A paycheck, paycheck, right? Or else you're going to die. Like very few people can survive without shelter. don't right. think that's conducive to this world anymore. Uh, but what I had—I literally wrote this statement out—was that I am not okay, utterly sitting by, knowing that there's people willing to kill themselves or not feel good about themselves. And I was that person one time. And for me to even just say that, so like, when I say I haven't amounted to anything, I mean that in, this, in the materialistic way. I know that there's a shit ton I can offer a lot of people. I know there's a lot more that people can offer me too. But how do you get that yeah, back? Think about work?
1: how warped it is to think that I've amounted to nothing because I don't have a big car or a Corvette or whatever. How it is, fucking sad is that when really you're doing so much more good. There could be somebody out here right now who's about to kill themselves. They hear you. They see you online. You're in good shape. You're you're, you know, doing things. You're you're doing what you're following up on your promises. And maybe they put the razor blade down. You know what I mean and isn't that more important than what is Oh, in your without problem? a
0: doubt. Without a doubt. And that's something that I've I used to be so material driven and despite the fact that i didn't have many i mean like i say this tongue in cheek because i mean like i grew up in a family incredibly supportive didn't hear the words no very often and when we did it was like all right maybe i'll push it a little bit but for the most part no meant no outside of that man i grew up very privileged and but i also knew the value of dollar Uh, i know how to respect people i'm good to people and i hope that they're good to me but for whatever reason this age of 30 people use it as their guiding force of like, well, I wanna be, and I get it for biologically for women. Like that's a, there's a little bit of a, you know, fork in the road there different conversation and that's fine. But even then with science and technology, the way we're going, 30 is not the barrier. I've heard several people. And when I talk about people at the top in success, and I had to, I was corrected. I had a, I taught a class the other day only one girl showed up, young girl. And we were talking uh, about the podcast and life a little bit. And I said, you know, something extended, like, the people at the top generally don't get there until they're much older. And, she, and I was like, but most of the people at the top are very good people, whether we think it or not. And she's like, you really think that? And I said, you know what? I need to rephrase that. The people at the top that got there through influence, because I think money follows influence, not money gives influence. It can, but I think the people that make it happen are the people that are actually very good. And the people that I respect, you know, Gary V's, Tony Robbins, those guys that just kind of flood you with this. The ways of challenging yourself to pick yourself up and, and do whatever you want to do as far as what you think success is. I think they did it through being good people. They worked incredibly hard, but they didn't step on a lot of people. They did it by servicing others. And so it's one of those things like a lot of those guys talk about 30 Gary, Gary V goes on record all the time. He's like, I'm 43 or 44 all the time. He's like, I never felt better in my life. He's like, 30 sucked compared to what I'm at right now. And I just, I wonder what people, like I don't, I can't say that I'm only 20 years old. And then again, like, not like I'm ruling the world. Don't really care about that either. But it's, what is this timeline? What, like the difference between clock time and what we make clock time, why we make it so significant in our life versus that present moment of like, why, why, the, why the fuck does it matter? Well, I think it,
1: it matters to the extent that we let other people tell us that it matters. And so we, we we cut off our own opinion, our own feeling, our own true north in order to fit in with the rest of society. There are certain things you talked about childbirth. You talked about, you know, I mean, you're going to graduate high school at 17 or 18. I mean, you should do that. You know, um, if you go directly to college, you'll probably be what, 19, 20, 20
0: 22, right. 21. Unless you're on like the 14-year plan like I try to do. Right. But. I mean,
1: but there, there are certain things that are that are objective guidelines. You talk about physical shape. I feel like I'm in better shape than I was 10 years ago. I'm you look certain, it, I'm, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> well, I'm stronger. I also have different injuries. I mean, but, but there's this idea of I need to be this person by this certain deadline is really a a false stress to put on yourself. What I would really, how I would rephrase the question is how are you using your time? If you're wasting your time for 10 years you know, then yes, you should feel bad about yourself. If you're 30 years old and haven't graduated school because you're just a lazy asshole, then yeah, you should feel bad. But if it's because you've been doing something else with your life, pursuing what possibly could be another vocation helping people, then you're just on a different path. And, and and I think that we get so caught up in trying to be so homogenous and so I've got to be exactly the same and like the term keeping up with the Joneses and this and that um, that we, we, we lose track of who we are. So Muhammad Ali once somebody remarked when he was 50-ish I guess said wow you're so different than you were at 30. You know, and he said a man who's the same at 50 as he was at 30 has wasted 20 years of his life.
0: Wow. Well, yeah. You know, I mean, you, you've got to be... It's really deep without having to go too deep for yeah. it. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's, it's you, you've got to be changing. I hope to God I'm not the same as I was at 28 or at 18.
0: Well, isn't that the thing? Like, everyone... Uh, again, just I had so many great conversations this weekend with, like, so, so many great friends. Uh, but just the concept of, like, everything changes so much faster now. You know, like, your parents can give you this guy. And I think most parents... Most have really great intentions for their kids, but at the end of the day, the way they grew up in the '50s, '60s, '70s, '80s, '90s is not the way kids are growing up now. I mean, like three-year-olds know, two-year-olds know how to work a phone better than I do. Are you well, like so
1: instant gratification? I told. I was, it's
0: funny because I'm older than you. When I when I went to my high school prom,
1: you know, I think I was allowed to a lot. Did you ever froth? I did not. I had a. I had a <laughs> Fade, I think, back in the day. But, now I'm not that old. I never, never, but, but I, you know, I would tell my mom, let's say, I'll be home at midnight. You know, whatever it is. And I would just see her at midnight.
0: And that was it. <laughs> I get, and,
1: and that was that. And if you were late, then there was an issue. Now, at my age, if my mother texts me, she knows I'm at work. If she texts me at 10 in the morning, I don't text right back. She assumes I'm dead because whereas somehow when I was 12, I could be gone for eight, nine, 10 hours yeah. and you'd be all right. And you, and we were patient, you know, but now we need everything right now, you know? And so and it, it's the world
0: we live in. It and, and, and it's, it's in. one of those things of, I, you know, I've had a therapist tell me, it's like, when we sit there sometimes it would be like, are you the same person you were a second ago? How about now? He's like, no. Your cells are changing. Everything around you is changing that rapidly. But I look at like I look at the kids. Like I'm still very young, and it's it's mind blowing to me. But I look at ten year old kids right now. I'm like, what? Are-? I think technology, all this stuff. I think that just like everything else in life, we probably had these same reservations about the TV. Actually, I just listened to a podcast on my drive home today about uh, you know people had these reservations about books. Are people ever going like to... They're just going to write everything down. They're never going to have to remember anything. Or are they going to ever talk to each other again? Same thing with the TV. At some point, this will balance out that, with the social media it being it at this point in my mind. Uh, but it's, it's just one of those things of everything changes so fast. So why is your goal to have everything lit up by 30? When you know by 40, I think I made the comment today, would you rather be married at 22 and start having kids and be divorced at 35? Or would you rather go get your own experiences, find out through hardships who you are, do some experiential experimental things with your life, try a bunch of shit, and then get married at 35. And then who knows, maybe get divorced at 40, or live the rest of your life because you now have had experiences that are like, I know exactly who I want to be and how I want to do it. And you have a better experience of going through change.
1: And that exactly is why it's so important to look inside. Because if you don't if you can't answer that question and say, What do you want? then how, how could you possibly hope for anything but dumb luck? I mean, I know people that have been engaged two and three times in two and three years, and it's because their friends got engaged. All of a sudden, the whole group's engaged. You yeah. Know? I, oh, I mean, yeah, I, and sure, then they're all having kids. She's I'm like, sure totally you jumping. loved your boyfriend. You know, I'm sure you did, but, but it was imperative to get engaged once Susie Q got engaged. I got to keep up with that.
0: Well, now on the opposite end, it's like you have a problem, and then people run away. Like They're just like, I'm not doing the well, same anymore. We, we like, don't
1: know how to do the work. We're right. so... And that's another thing with martial arts is you got to learn to be comfortable in the uncomfortable because that's what life is. You know, now the second... It used to be our parents' generation. You know, they they fought. They, they you know, but if they're married 30, 40 years, they just... You don't have the option of quitting. You know, I mean, you say... I mean, absent, obviously, whatever your deal-breakers are, infidelity, alcoholism, abuse, whatever. I mean, they're, I'm not you saying have they, they weren't divorces. Yeah, but, you
0: have your moral things at all.
1: In a world of tender and bumble and everything else, if I don't like you for five minutes, I'm out. And, and and a lot of these kids now and young people don't have the tools to actually deal with stress. And so that's why when you are so tired, I'm still going to punch you in the face because you need to learn that you're not going to die. You need to learn how to survive in that discomfort. That's See how far you can get wide. stressed. You know, anybody who tells you this story of like, you, you don't ever quit is a liar. You know what I mean? Like the idea of, I never thought about quitting. They're lying. It is the most readily available, easiest option every time. I think about it every time that we're, we're going to go do something and it's hard and you tell me, okay, Rudy, we're running a mile. Oh, you got to do 35 squats. You got to do... Like, oh, I, I could just go home. Yeah. You know what I mean? But But you don't. Yeah. And the idea <laughs> is to be the kind of person who can persevere. You know? And I think that when we're so... Lit up with everything around us all the time. There's so many other options. You just don't know how to dig in. You don't know how to be a friend. You know, the second that somebody doesn't call you back, you're like, oh well, f them. I just met somebody new. You well, know. Then or
0: either your first thought is, "I'm worthless piece of shit."
1: Right, because they can't respond to you right now.
0: Right. You know, and I'm I'm totally guilty. I'm sure everybody in this everybody in this is. world I'm now not, is I'm for not, sure.
1: I'm not absent of it. I'm for sure guilty. Right. Of it. But I think that an advantage. I have is that at least I know how I should feel. I can recognize it. You know, and, and that's, again, that, that you're not going to not feel these things. You know, it's not that if I text you tomorrow morning, hey, did you like our podcast last night?
0: And you don't respond. Well, you better um, take it as I fucking hated it and I'm never talking to you again. That's exactly <laughs> how,
1: you know, and that, that thought, of course, is going to pop in my head. Like, maybe he thinks I'm an idiot and we're not going to talk again. You know, I mean, but, but I can... I at least have better tools to say, okay, you're probably overreacting. Maybe the man is driving, maybe he's on a plane, maybe whatever. And then he will he will get back to me when he can. But we're so instantaneous, we can't tolerate any discomfort. That's one of the reasons I love if I get to know somebody, I want to work out with you, or if you're a martial artist, I want to spar with you. I can tell by the way you lift. And this is not a strength test. You know, this is not but by the way you lift what kind of person you are. Because if in, uh, if you squat 400 pounds and, and I meet a guy and his best squat is 100 pounds, but he goes for that 100 pounds, I have more respect for him than the guy who can squat 500 but does 400. Because it's the idea of are you willing to push it. I don't care what you do. I don't care how strong you are. I don't care if you can beat me up or if I can beat you up. Are you willing to go all out to the line. And I can tell right away. I mean if we do a workout that's brutal on everybody and you're the first one getting water and falling out, you're just you're probably not the kind of person I'm getting along with. Right. Doesn't mean that your time has to be better than anybody else. Right. But it's gotta be the best time you can do.
0: So let's uh, I'm now I'm curious because you're talking about these age ranges that you deal with at the dojo and deal with that sounds so like negative um that you work with. Mm-hmm. Um, at Dojo, and you said six to eight would be your youngest. We don't take anybody under six. Okay, yeah. and then you have uh, members, athletes,
1: martial
0: martial artists, martial artists going all the way through their seventies. Um, our oldest is actually eighty-two. But holy yes. crap! Wow, that is incredibly impressive. Like, and and Takamoto
1: practices very differently than when I met him twenty years ago, and he and he probably practiced very differently twenty years ago than he did forty years ago. You know, um, so so I don't. You're not going to be the same. I mean, I don't. I don't well, take you as many want shots as I did when I was 16, because it. I, I feel things a little more than <laughs> I did when I was 16. Also, I've gotten better. I'm harder to hit. You know, I maybe mean, your your practice sure. evolves, just like your training evolves. What's going to work for your body? You're working around an injury. You're working around whatever.
0: But so dealing with those age ranges, and obviously, you know, I, I mean, can can you start at any age? Because, yeah, like, absolutely. You, okay, so you know you get a seven-year-old that's never done it before comes in. He's, his mindset is very different than the six-year-old that's never done it before. But knowing like the world we live in right now, is there an approach to this? Do you, cause I know that we've talked about like, you know, Thursday nights a lot for, at least I don't know the schedule, but on Thursday nights, a lot of times you're like, I have meditation. And from what I understood was that a lot of times you go lead the meditation mm-hmm. and you give kind of talks. Right. And, uh, It's interesting to me now that I know these age ranges a little bit. How do you curtail talk to it? How do you how do you work with younger kids? I think I think younger, but maybe I'm misled in this my own thought process, but like, you have a harder time with younger kids because of I'm pointing my phone right now because of the computers because of just the internet, social media, their interaction with technology. And do you teach? I mean, like, obviously, you're teaching them philosophy. But we there's got to be some bit. kind of like I mean, resistance from them. The,
1: oh, absolutely. The uh, and let me be clear: our meditation classes; those are adults. We don't have six-year-olds okay. coming in. Okay, yeah. yeah. What we do with kids is we're teaching them discipline, we're teaching them to, to responsibility, accountability, and being present. So I, I have no issue running up to a six-year-old and you know getting in their face a little bit and making sure they pay attention. We've had tons of kids come in, and their parents almost apologize for them. Before they get on the mats, like I'm sorry, but Brian's a real handful. <laughs> we're gonna try, and we're like, okay, just just put them on the mats. And as soon as they line up, they line up. People want structure. They want they 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 want. To we are still somewhere. animals, right? I mean, they they, they
0: desire that. Um, I we guess we talk you, about you know, this like where discipline equals freedom, and a lot of times that we think that discipline is gonna take away our freedom. Nate and I have talked about this in prior podcasts where. You know, your habit equals discipline equals freedom. And as soon as you're disciplined with what you need, like, what you need to do, all these things like all of a sudden, the rest of your life opens up. And you're like, holy oh, shit! I've got Saturday and Sunday wide open to do anything I want to do. It so that when you go back to that, like when we say line up, like yeah, people, animals want that structure. They you want obedience. It. You need it.
1: I mean, freedom does not mean the freedom to just sit around and do nothing. I mean, you know, somebody's got to be working somewhere because these lights are on and the (laughs) Internet's working. I mean, we have to be able to, to still maintain our life. So freedom doesn't mean sloth. Right. It means, you know, freedom from oppression and tyranny and having to do things you don't want to do. Don't confuse that with there. Are sometimes you would rather stay in bed, but you have to go to work or right. you have to do this or whatever. And it's the understanding that if I want this type of body or this ability to do these things, I've got to do this training to get there. If sure. I want, I've got to eat how I'm going to eat or whatever it is. When you asked about how we tailor the talks to on Thursday nights, you, I think what you're getting at was the age range and how do I talk to a six-year-old and an 80-year-old because i gotta
0: imagine that teaching the philosophy has to be approached in a different way for a younger person older i mean regardless of experience our
1: typical meditation class attender is at least 18 um that being said we'll talk about things that you'd be surprised you know because you and i are pretty close and we're about 10 years apart the problems don't really change that much. You know, I mean, there's certain things. You're always going to have somebody in your life who's not acting how you'd like them. Right. I mean, and surprise, when you're 38, you still have that. <laughs> and I imagine at 48, that person will still be there, except it might be my kid this time. Right. You know, I mean, There's so so. it's not that we're so different. We pretend that we're so different. We pretend that you know that there's so much that's Brian and so much it's Rudy it's really not people have basically the same kind of issues so we talk about say a topic let's say we're talking about um, you know uh, perseverance we, we've talked touched on this in the podcast you know I'm um, dealing with things when they're hard so to an 18 year old that might mean oh yeah you know I really wanted to make the football team and I didn't so I'm gonna work harder for next year. To a 35-year-old, that might mean I really want this promotion, you know, this and that. To a 55-year-old, that might mean that I want my kid to stop doing drugs, you know, but I'm going to stay with them or whatever. So it's not, it's just, you, they, people find a way to latch on to it, and it's really not that hard. It, you kind of approach it basically the same. We teach, and and you also ask about is there an age you can start, the right time to start. The right time to start is now because we're never going to be perfect. We have a ton of people come in. And they say, "Oh, I'm gonna start this when I get in shape." I mean, when when is that? I mean, be good because I, I work out every day and I don't feel like I'm in shape. So when are you gonna feel you're in shape enough to start something new? You know, what I mean, so the time to do it is right now. And we can we don't tailor the class to you, but just like in a CrossFit WAD, you modify if you need to. So I'm asking you to throw do a thousand ups do ten, right? And then tomorrow I'll do eleven. I don't care, whatever it is, we'll we'll modify for you. Sure. You know, so but. There is never a time in your life, and that goes back to this idea of does meditation make everything peaceful? There's never perfect timing. You know, I mean, and, and how many people have not done something they say, oh, I wish I, if I had started when I was 20. Then, okay. So, so, but start today. Right. Because you're not going to feel better about it tomorrow. You know, and that's just not ever going to happen. That's a lie we tell ourselves. I mean, we would go in and, and we say... You've seen people come into the box. You know you're one of the best coaches I've ever seen. You've oh, seen do. people come in and they say, "I need to get in shape to start coming." Well, you're you're fat, not in shape now. <laughs> so clearly, if you knew how to do it, you know, we, it, 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 right. you'd probably be in shape. So why don't you just start, right. and then we'll work with you.
0: It's it's funny. I had to, at the one gym working at, uh, I was teaching a class, and this two uh, older couple came in, and uh, you, you know, you can kind of judge your appearance kind of is indicative of like, what did you do? What are you, what are you doing? And they're talking to me about, I'm a plant-based diet. We've been doing this and that. Like, how do we start? I said, you show up. Yeah. And they looked at me and I was like, what's wrong? And they're like, we just show up. And I was like, that class that's running right there that I'm supposed to be teaching. They just showed up today. I didn't, I didn't ask them to come in. They voluntarily came in and now I'm working with them. I was like, anything that you want to do we might not be able to do it today but we should start today of how do we progress ourselves and they just looked at me and they're like we'll be back tomorrow we're gonna start tomorrow okay you can start next hour we've got another class for you uh if you want to run home get your stuff but like that's fine i'll see you tomorrow uh so it it is funny how like when you do hit people with that like well how do we do it you just you just do it like you just show up like nate and i've talked about like it's not always that easy obviously there's a whole bunch of things but like The where to start, the how to start, I'm here for the how to start in that scenario. Where to start, you're already here. I just need you to come. Well, that's that's the thing. If
1: you give me a a great training program and uh, you give me the right diet and I just don't
0: do it, then there's nothing you can do. Right. You,
1: you have to be a willing participant.
0: It's like when people say, like, "Oh, steroids are cheating." Like, but like, you don't just take steroids and go home and sit at home and eat pizzas right. and still then start getting the baseball seventy two times on
1: over. Sub, some subconscious level, I think people know that, you know, and they put themselves in positions sometimes to fail, you know. I don't think, and we're afraid to work, and I, I think that's why we always want this is that's why every month for the past twenty five, you read Men's Health magazine, the cover is the same. It is get better abs, fifteen tricks to bigger biceps, booty by Jane. Right, but but it's it's the same, and we're all we fall for it every month. Like, what's the new quick fix? There's no quick fix. It's a lifestyle. Right. It is how you live, and if you do anything long enough, you can do your keto diet, you can do your meat diet, you can do your whatever. If you stick to it, you will start seeing
0: results. Something's gonna yeah, something's happen.
1: something's gonna happen. If you jump, you know, like like from from lily pad to lily pad all day. You're never going to settle or grow anywhere, and so so the main thing. I started martial arts because of Mortal Kombat, because of a movie. I don't care why you come in. Maybe you got beat up, and and you came in because you want to learn to fight. Maybe you came in because you always thought it was really cool because you liked movies, or maybe you like the mysticism and you like Star Wars and you think you're going to be a Jedi. I don't care why you're there. Just come, and then the reason you stay is going to be is going to become ever evolving, right?
0: It's it's fun. I heard something uh, in a podcast today, and I don't was it Sam Harris. I don't think it was Sam Harris. Somebody else. I was listening to, and uh, they said that human beings are adaptation machines. And I started thinking. I paused the podcast while I was driving. And I started thinking about, that, and I was like, "What does that really mean? Because we essentially it just means that like whatever you do." You're gonna get better at if you just decide that it's something you want to get better at. Like, what's the fear? For me, a lot of times, like I don't do. I talk about this. I'm a perfectionist, not because that everything I do is perfect, but because everything I do, if I'm not gonna be the best right away, or if I don't know how to do it, I'm like, I don't, I don't want to. It's a fixed mindset issue, and that's something that I, right now I'm in this journey, this adaptation, of, you know, of this cycle of adaptation of like, how do I change my mindset from fearing trying and failing? to being excited by the fear, by failing, by learning experiences, by not knowing well, and being I think that's able why to create I, more
1: tools. To just, I, I know I'm one track minded, but that's why in a fight, you see two fighters who have, for maybe 12 rounds, done everything they can within the rules to seriously injure each other. And then after the fight, they sincerely hug. It's not for show, right? And I think that on some level, even if they don't understand that, because I've, I've been there I've done that and, and I think it's because you've afforded me the opportunity to see who I am when tested you know and so and I think that we have what we call the five ways to become a great martial artist they're patience perseverance practice hard practice exactly what you want to perform and meditate and
0: I think that four P's and an M we yeah. And we, there you go. I've never four PM. Four PM. I've never I've never thought of that. It's been 24 Trademarked. Years. There we go. But
1: but I think if you apply that to anything in your life, then it'll be okay. I mean that's the five ways to become a great martial artist. I think it's probably the five ways to become a great husband too, and a great worker, a great anything. Whatever you want to do. Patience, perseverance, practice hard, practice exactly what you want to perform. Don't there's no room for well I would really. There's no room for I'm gonna do it halfway now, but in the competition, I'll do this. Like, no, you do it how you're gonna do it, and then you've got to control your mind.
0: Man, that, there's a whole new, there's a whole nother podcast episode in the. I'll do it in competition versus here, like yeah. it, it, playing hockey growing up. It was always like you practice how you play. So right and when I heard right. that as a young kid, that was one of those light bulb moments for me. Even as a kid, like I was never going anywhere with hockey. I ended up playing at a fairly decent level and all these injuries, whatever. But uh, that was one thing that was always expected was your work ethic will never, ever be questioned when you're here. And if it is, guess what? You don't even get the chance to fuck around in the in game. Like you don't get to fuck around in competition because you didn't earn it. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's very fascinating. I think that, uh, I mean, we're a little bit over an hour here. I think um, I feel extremely challenged and I'm going to go on record here because we've talked about this numerous times and I've never actually followed through. And so now I'm going to put it out there. Okay. What's coming? When the opportunity strikes and I'm actually home, it fits the schedule on a Thursday night at 8.30 p.m., I believe is the time. I will be there at 8.15. All right. I will be at a meditation class because I have said multiple times I need to do it, I want to do it, and I just haven't followed through. And so it's one of these things that this talk that you and I have just had uh, has me motivate. I can also tell you I probably will not sleep tonight because I will be in so much thought after this shit. It's like playing a hockey game <laughs> where I'm like just way overstimulated. Um, I think that the takeaway from this, uh, and I'm going to let you kind of close us out a little bit and where we can find you and everything, but I think the takeaway when we we're talking about clock versus psych- clock time versus psychological time, that psychological time is more into the world of what you're talking how you view the world. It is that present moment, uh, you go into meditation for a whole lot of reasons or you practice meditation i don't want to use the right language here to for a whole lot of reasons but the ultimate reason from my understanding is to find that baseline of like how where, when i get away from baseline i know that i need to come back to center and it's a way of you understanding how how you're living your life because you're not re you're not react you're reacting intentionally essentially and knowing
1: yeah. what that center is because it's not natural or a given that we know what that center I is. i
0: probably did a horrible job no, articulating I, no that. i
1: think that you're 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 spot on and if i could say anything in terms of what i would like anybody interested in meditation it is about sitting and feeling the breath and being in the moment and letting that wash over you you know, I'm not a fan. I don't believe in guided meditations. I don't believe in listening to certain music or whatever. I think that those are meditative. But let's not confuse what that is with actual meditation doing the work. The practice Guided meditations meditation. are easier. People like guided meditations. And they call it meditation. It is interesting, isn't it? Because 20-minute abs is easier than living your entire life right. You know, and so so we want the easier, it's much easier to lay there and listen to some woman's voice. Six weeks to the cruise, baby. (laughs) Tell me, you know, oh, and now you're on the beach. I mean, that's way easier. And I can say I meditated. Well, you didn't. I mean, you relax and that's good. You should do relaxing things. Don't confuse them. You know, if you starve yourself for the wedding, great. You did lose the weight, but that's not a sustainable
0: lifestyle. It's not the same as actually doing the work. Essentially, meditation is a way of, uh, for you, is a practice of creating your best life.
1: Well, we have, I mean, we have students who, when they leave the dojo for a while, let's say their work gets busy um, and they haven't been in a week or two, their spouse will call and they want us to call them as an attendance call and say, you know, Brian, he is clearly not, been, you need to get him back really? The dojo. Really? Because when you start doing it right, it affects everything. I mean, it just, you will not get as agitated when somebody cuts you off on the road. When Starbucks puts too much milk in your cappuccino <laughs> and makes it a latte. You will not want to kill people. You know, I mean, you will. so it has nothing to do with necessarily putting your hands up and fighting. It's just a way to deal with the world. And I don't know, me personally, knowing that baseline, and I'm not even saying that I have it yet, but I'm closer to it. And I had no idea what it was at 14. You know, and I don't think it's something that naturally people do because we are so reactive. Because we're so... Um, and reactive, you know, we see what goes on, and we think, oh, "I'm," th- you're talking about time. Oh, I'm reacting to the fact that this person's thirty with kids, and I'm thirty, and I have a roommate, and so I must be doing something wrong. So we have no idea who we are. And I'm suggesting that probably the most important question you could ever ask yourself is, "Who are you?" And 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 being
0: self-aware is everything. Being self-aware
1: is the is the ultimate goal and quest. And so. You don't have time. Like, what? What does that mean? We We had a student once say, "Our best martial artists, our best students, don't have time to practice because they. I mean, they're CEOs, they're plastic surgeons, they're doctors, lawyers, everything. They don't have time to practice, but they make time to practice because they know how important it is." And that's how I feel about my practice. It's not. I don't know where I would be without it.
0: Well, fuck. That is a, I think, a great way to wrap this up. Um, Before we do. Uh, Rudy, where where exactly, what are you guys offering? Where exactly can everybody go to find you? Um, give us that spiel, and let's see what's see what's. Well, get. if you're in the
1: metro Detroit area, we'd love to actually see you. We have a school in Berkeley that's on 12 Mile and Woodward, and we have one in downtown Rochester. We have a third school actually in L.A. also. Really? Um, but for purposes of this, we are zenteachings.com. That's Zen. Z-E-N okay. teachings with an s.com. Um, there you'll find weekly blogs. You'll find uh, podcasts such as this. You'll find thirty years of meditation talks, and you can actually interact if you have questions with your practice, that kind of thing. Um, we're also on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, Zen dot teachings on Instagram, and I think just Zen teachings on Facebook.
0: Gotcha. And um, you can always go to uh, Life Well Done on Instagram, and we I I have definitely reposted something. I truly mean it that when uh, when I wake up in the morning I know that we're a two hour time difference. I do actually look for those postings because I always find a way to relate them to my current you know, my current situation. And if there's really nothing going on or doesn't feel like anything's going on, it's always just kind of a nice boost of like challenge your thoughts, you know.
1: Well, I, that, I, I truly thank you for that because I come up with all that stuff and I sometimes wonder if anybody, if they, if they like it or not, <laughs> so if, if it's helping one person, then it makes me happy. It's um, all the
0: difference in the world.
1: You know, but I really appreciate this opportunity to speak with you. Um, you know, I love you and, uh, value very much as a friend. I respect you and I think this is great. Hopefully we get a chance to do it again soon.
0: Absolutely. Dude. I hope, I hope that, uh, this is, uh, the beginning of a long-term collaboration and, Uh, It's always a pleasure, Uh, regardless of being on or off the podcast. It's uh, truly a pleasure, great great friendship. And uh, that's zenteachings.com. Yes, sir. Zen.Teachings on Instagram. And again, if you need something, have something life well done, we'll direct you over there. And uh, Rudy, it's been a pleasure. I extend my hand here. It's been absolutely phenomenal. Thanks again. Thank you, sir. All right, y'all. We'll talk to you soon.